Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, after a slight delay, we are giving you the beast that is the wide receiver summer scouting episode. We're so excited about this one. We watched more prospects individually for this episode than we ever have for any position in our summer scouting career. So you know what that means. We got a lot of takes that we're getting off. We're not just giving you our top fives heading into the season for the 2024 NFL draft. We are giving you our top 10, which means you know that we're going to talk about a lot more than just those 10 wide receivers. We're going to have a good conversation about a lot of these guys, tell you where they're currently at, what their potential can be, the film grade, what we saw, some of the trait breakdowns, and let you know what we think of these guys heading into the 2023 college football season and where they could be when the 2024 NFL draft comes around. I'm Trevor Sikama. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers joining you guys for a very special episode. And that calls for a very special hello and welcome to the Fantasy Debbie community as this is one of our favorite episodes we get to do. The wide receiver episode, baby. It is finally here. This is the most watched, most talked about, most controversial episode Maybe. that we do every single summer ranking the upcoming wide receivers for the upcoming draft class connor how are you my friend on this big day i'm good this is uh this is a massive episode like right off the top this is the most tape watching i've ever done for a summer scouting same far same. i mean and that's why if you're listening and wondering why it's, I don't know, three days late. Well, it's it, the wait was hopefully worth it because yeah. we really we pumped up our numbers for this one. Uh, coking out Sunday. If you're listening on Sunday, <laughs> the, the type the typo of the century. Tre for those that don't know, and I'm sure most of the addicts do. Trevor was responding to people because people were like, where the hell's the show that you promised us on Thursday? And thank God you were. Um <laughs> you were responding to people like oh we we need you know a couple different people we need a couple days coming out sunday yada yada and then you sent one with an exclamation point said coking out on sunday that player will definitely be talked about and it was clear you walked away for a while like it was like you let that ride for a couple hours and when you came back, it was probably like walking into the place being on fire. So obviously I meant to say, and I'll Coming send out. a tweet. I'm going to send the tweet to Ryan. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. You can see it. But uh, yeah. Kind of the quote I'm, card. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Poking out on Sunday. I meant to say the episode's coming out on Sunday. And dude, that's exactly what happened. I wasn't even thinking about it. I just typed it, sent the tweet, and I like put my phone down. I think, I think, listen, I watched it like a comedy special for like oh, an no. hour and a half after that. And I, it was checked a while. My, I checked my phone and I've got the 20 plus notifications. I was like, why do I have this? Am right. I getting roasted for a ranking or something? And uh, then yeah. I saw your reaction and everyone else's to me saying the scared the scared was it a gerbil or a hamster yeah <laughs> one of my faves i was like wow this could be some show so not only uh, is it a great topic but i'm i'm, I'm coked out right now um coca-cola of course for coca-cola yes yeah for yes. the fbi who's listening to this show uh no but I'm, I'm super excited for this episode you're totally right we looked at the wide receiver summer scouting that we did last year and we quoted wolf of wall street once again and said oh, those are rookie oh. numbers you got to get those numbers up so we decided to watch more than 20 players each and we're bringing a lot of great wide receiver 
thoughts to the table. Uh, we're bringing a lot of great prospects in a super deep class, dude. I know that we wanted to watch more guys just in general, but as I was getting to wide receiver 12, 13, 14, there were a handful of players who I hadn't even got to yet who were notable names in college football who was like, man, I, I, we st- I still have to get to these just to make the ranking you know, pure, just to make it what yeah. I want it to be. So uh, normally we go through our top fives. Today on the show, we're going to give you our top tens. Connor and I have not talked about this once. We have not yeah. talked about our wide receiver rankings at all whatsoever. So it's given the fact that we're expanding it from five to 10, that just opens up the possibility for there to be a lot of guys on Connor's list that aren't on mine and vice versa. So of course we're talking about 10 and 10, but you guys know the drill. We'll talk about a lot of different wide receivers as well. So um, yeah, that's kind of the format of what we're going with. I went back to last year's and it's one of those things where it just goes to show you the volatility of, of summer scouting at every position. Cause it's always like this, but you know, to our credit, we had Jackson Smith and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston on the show. And then, you know, you also have some ones that don't go how you hope in a Keishon Boutte or A.T. Perry and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's it's a great exercise because you'll have your hits and then, you know, it's like life. Things happen. The season doesn't go as you expect. And I yeah. think with this group, though, what was fascinating about watching them was the some of the guys at the top, you were like, yeah, like I'll be floored if this guy is not sitting in the top five wide receivers what is it 10 months from now oh sure right right but then like you said the depth of this class kind of started to show its teeth a lot where i just i just kept going like i'd get i'd get through the top guys and i was like okay i know there's some secondary guys and then there's these transfers that could have big years i found one sleeper um ultimately I, i i got to watch 19 okay and and I just I actually rank them. Usually I just rank five and then I just let the rest float for the most part. But this time I was like, I need to rank these because this is there is so much going on here. Mm-hmm. You know, shapes, sizes, skill sets, usage. Uh, one player that's a tight end that you and I have unified on and saying we're <laughs> evaluating him as a wide receiver. <laughs> so this will be really this will be really fun and really in depth. Yeah. So obviously it's going to be a big episode. and We want to get right to it. But um, just to kind of echo or I should say piggyback off of what you were saying. I got 21 guys watched. Um, I'm ranking, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more structured when it comes to summer scouting, uh, but I'm ranking all of these guys because I'm doing the PFFs like initial board for the mock draft machine and everything. So I've got 21 guys that I watched and there's, there's, (laughs) there's at least four others. I want to get to 25 at a minimum that I can put into the mock draft machine when the season rolls around. So when you guys use the mock draft machine, uh, you can go make sure that you draft those players. So that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I got to 21 guys. That's, that's more than I've ever written up uh, during a summer scouting for any position, any singular position. So I'm excited to talk about it, man. I got a lot of, uh, got a lot of takes, a lot of film that we watched. And so uh, with that, I'll let you kick it off with, with number 10, who are you starting off this episode with for your number 10 ranked wide receiver? So number 10 for me is Johnny Wilson from Florida State. And this is one of those unique ones. You know, I kind of led this off talking about shapes and sizes and skill sets. And you're just not going to get to watch a lot of Johnny Wilsons in your lifetime, right? A a number one wide receiver on a team that is, I I have met six feet, six inches and an eighth inch tall. 
Mm-hmm. So he's over six foot six. And I've listed two, I have him at 237. Um, that is a that's a monster of a human. Yeah. I mean, just a that's that's a tight end, but he's he's a wide receiver and he's not who I'm talking about at the beginning of the show. With Johnny Wilson, he finished 2022, 43 catches, 897 yards, five touchdowns. That it, I mean, obviously explosive play kind of player. I wrote down for pros, unique size, both height and mass. For the position, he's not one of these tall, lanky guys. He, he carries a ton of weight. 34 of his 43 receptions went for a first down, which tells you everything you need to know about the player. I mean, mm-hmm. these are targets that are, are being thrown down the field or at least the intermediate of the field in what we think is going to be a really good offense this year. Can shield defenders on underneath targets, catch radius to snag off target throws. You love the ability to just kind of extend the arms um, at every single angle to make catches. He runs right through tacklers that come in high. There's the upper body strength. You know, a lot of guys that play football obviously have incredible lower body strength, the way they train their legs and and honestly just genetics. This guy is, he's got an NFL upper body because he carries so much mass that when guys try to even come near his shoulders or even, you know, his upper waist, uh, like his abdomen area, they just bounce right off of him. Yeah. Back shoulder and fade throws are layups to him. I mean, when you look at it, it's just, He's so much bigger that if the ball's on time, it's so hard for a defensive back to gain leverage. I put nearly unguardable on comeback throws when it's put where only he can catch it. If the ball's on time on a comeback route and it's it's in a radius that only he possesses, he, you cannot guard him. You just have to hope for the best. Now, at the next level, corners will be more physical and have better uh, arm length and all of those things. But right now in the ACC, it's just not... It, Everybody's battling uphill on that route against him. One thing I I really liked low key, he will erase defensive backs as a blocker. And I'm not talking about just like kind of trotting out there and putting his hands out there. There's a couple of reps out there of him just literally throwing people into the ground with authority. And that comes with that tight end build, which leads to my last thing. You can use him in alignments in the run game, like a tight end. You could play him in tight sets. You could even kind of have him motion towards the line of scrimmage. You could use him all over near the the offensive lineman. And re- it's kind of what the Packers did so long with Alan Lazard. Um, that's what mm. Florida State could do with him at times. And it's I that's my kind of player because that's real NFL football kinds of things. And he has the size to do that. When you look at the cons, it, body catching can lead to drops. There's a couple of times where he the, the ball catches him sure. a little bit to sure. say, and, and he just drops the ball and you just want to see that cleaned up. And I think that might be something that's just, that's just part of his game right now. Unfortunately, he's sluggish off the line of scrimmage into his routes. Like there's just no way around it. He's six foot, almost six, seven, two forty. He doesn't move like your typical number one wide receiver off the line of scrimmage. It's a mm-hmm. little bit of a delay. I, I'm curious what his 10 yard ultimately will be. I, I don't need expectations for a 40. Like this is not somebody that's going to run in the four fours or maybe even low four fives. But the 10 yard is something that I look at right now and go, man, that, that's something he's you hope that he can find a little bit uh, extra juice there. Explosiveness. He's just not, in my opinion, going to run away from a lot of pro caliber defenders. And now it brings you to the point. Does he have to do that to be an effective NFL player? I, he might be able to live in a world where he's just not running away from people, but he is so big and he is so good at the catch point that he can get away with that. So I like Johnny Wilson. Wide receiver 10 in a class where I'll tell you right now, I'm staring at who I have 11 through 19. I ranked everybody I watched. Mm-hmm. Like he, he made it over some big names. So if you're disappointed at Johnny Wilson at 10, just know there's more disappointment coming from other 
wide receivers. Like he he really made it over some big time names, and he's somebody that can be a legit possession number two at the next level. So for the sake of just the flow of the podcast, I have him higher. I'm just going to talk about him now, so we're not like going back and forth and revisiting it because we want to yeah, get to as many it's a guys lot to do here. I have Johnny Wilson at five. Wow. And I, I have I have Johnny Wilson at five kind of because of the strengths that you mentioned. They just don't make him like this dude. Right. I mean, uh, let me look at his measurables. He if you just go six foot six, which I think he's a, a shade over six foot six. Yeah. Yep. If you just go six foot six, he's 98th percentile in height. And right. if you go 237 pounds, he's 98th percentile in weight. They, He's just such a unique player, and he uses his size really, really well. I love the wide base that he has before he gets in the snap in his in his stance because it allows him to get really low, which sometimes is difficult to do. You know, when you're going up against people, you know, maintaining leverage, kind of like getting out of your stance and then kind of popping up, getting to do what you need to do. That's normally how you want to do it. Even these taller receivers. Yes, you want to be big. You want to be a head and shoulder above these guys. But especially when you're getting vertical, you want to start low. You want to get your first couple of strides a little bit low. And then you're popping up kind of like a sprinter, right? Ideally, you want to get to as close as that as possible. It helps you be fluid. It helps you get up to your top speed. And it's just a natural way to do it. So love that his uh, that his base is really wide because it allows him to get low. And he seems fairly comfortable and flexible in doing that. You mentioned the catch radius. It's awesome, man. I mean, when he lets the balls kind of come into his chest, yeah, he, there are some drops that happen there. Think about it. For guys that have much shorter arms than him, it's easier to control and trap the ball with your arms because you don't have as long of arms to move, you know, like you just got shorter arms. So it's easier to control. It's easier to time when that ball's coming in. He's got super long vines for arms. So that makes it difficult. But when he is extending his arms, really reliable, I think, as a hands catcher, which is what you would want to see there. I, I agree. I think the work on the sideline is great. They also use him in the slot. So he's comfortable there. Um, you know that he's got that variety of routes that he can run with either sideline routes or two-way goes from the middle although kind of like you said he's not going to be running a lot of two-way goes they're not going to put him in this slot a ton at the nfl level you know i will say this if you're comparing johnny wilson to a sub six foot receiver yeah the burst is not going to be nearly the same but i actually think for a player six foot six the guy's pretty athletic like i actually liked the burst so i think that's where you and i differ we see the strengths very similarly with him but I, I did not know the burst as much of a negative as I've seen it be for players that are of his size. And when you have such a great strength with your size and then a little bit better burst, a little bit better of acceleration, uh, I think that that's something that's definitely positive to note. He's still getting the nuances of just playing the position down, especially with separation, right? I mean, you mentioned he's not going to be this separation artist at the NFL level, but still the subtleties of getting physical and boxing guys out and kind of extend, have, having a little offense, uh, OPI, a little pushing off to me, but you do it in a way that Always is- Always commit OPI. You know, you do it in a way that's artistic so that the yeah. ref goes, ooh, nice little move there. I'm not going to throw the flag on that. You know, that's got to be Johnny Wilson's friend as he's getting to the next level and uh, and really becoming that top-tier wide receiver in that regard. Like, I think T. Higgins does a really great job of that, you know? And I think Higgins is a little bit different of a receiver because Higgins moves smoother because he's a little bit lower of a weight, which is to be expected. I thought about Plexico Burris when I watched him. Oh, I like that. Nice. So Plexico Burris, and I've heard this comp before, and, and I've, I've seen people try to use it for big wide receivers, but I do like it for Wilson. Plexico Burris' numbers when he was coming out through, I think this was his pro day. 
six foot six, 231 pounds, moved decently well, four, five, nine, 40 yard dash for a guy that big. I'm like, okay, if Johnny Wilson runs a four, five, nine, great with it. 33-inch vert, 115-inch broad jump. Like, that's the type of player that I think we're talking about here. So I liked Wilson a lot. I think the uniqueness of his size and how good of an athlete he is. He's not this clunky athlete. He's a lot more fluid of a player for a six foot six, almost 240 pounds than you would expect. And for that, I've got him at number five in this class. Yeah, there, he's fascinating to me. Um because he's somebody that, like, once again, take away a little bit of the body catching, and, and you have, you go to an offense that likes to use a big outside receiver like him, and timing and ball placement is there. He'll he'll be a possession threat and a red zone threat. Yep. So, and honestly, you know, it's funny you look at him in this class, and I was like, man. So I watched him so early. I think he was the fourth wide receiver I watched. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, this guy's good. <laughs> and then when I watched 19 receivers, he ended up a wide receiver 10. That's <laughs> how much I liked this class. All right. Okay. So who so, you got at nine? Let's move on. Zakari Franklin, who okay. um, this will be maybe the player with the most variance going into this year. And why mm-hmm. I say that, for those that don't know, Zakari Franklin, people probably haven't seen a lot of him. He was. I didn't didn't watch him. I watched 21 guys and I didn't watch Zakari Franklin. So you're teaching me about him right now. Well, I've been waiting for him to declare for three years and he just never did. So (laughs) So, maybe this, maybe this why he wasn't on the radar. People are tired of it. He played at UTSA. Uh And uh, in four years at UTSA, he had 268 catches, 3,349 yards, and 37 touchdowns. And just last year, he had 93 catches, over 1,100 yards, and 15 touchdowns. He now transfers to Ole Miss. I mean, you look at the production this dude had at UTSA since he was a freshman. The amount of space he's probably going to get in that Ole Miss offense, I think he. it's dumb to say he's going to explode this year because he already has. Mm-hmm. He's been great for two years. But he honestly, he might have 1,400 yards this year. He really might. And In, Lane, in Lane's offense? All right, I believe it. Yeah, so I love that. They they tapped into the transfer portal and got this guy because you watch this offense and there's just times where the quarterback limits what Franklin was able to do. He's 6'1", 185. Um, I don't think he's that tall. I'm going to check another source while we do this just to make sure. So I got it up here. Actually, another uh, source has him about six feet and three quarters, 186. Okay. So that the list height's actually real. That's nice. Good job, UTSA. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thank you for not lying to our faces. Thank you for not lying. The pros with Franklin. Tons of experience, and now he goes to an offense where the talent, play calling, and quarterback play should all be upgraded. Mm -hmm. Can make catches even, and sure, he'll play against higher level of competition. I get that, but I think he's ready for it. Can make catches even when covered due to A-plus tracking on deeper throws. 16 for 32 on contested catches in 2022. For a guy that's not even six foot one, like 50%. When you watch this, when you watch these throws, it's like, okay, this is not all jump balls are made the same. It was pretty good. True inside outside versatility. We throw that around like around with a lot of guys. But when you look at these guys that are five, eight and five, nine, and they play inside and outside in college, they don't play on the outside in the NFL. They just don't. This guy, he's going to play inside and outside, in my opinion, the NFL Mm -hmm. ran over a few defenders trying to jam him. I loved seeing that a lot of watching in this class guys struggled against press. And there was a couple of times yeah. where he actually 
he ran over guys trying to get hands on him. So I like that kind of edge to his game. Sharp in and out of his breaks with sinking hips on double moves. Extremely effective at spinning off tackles after the catch to fall forward for extra yards. He constantly catches the ball and spins. And it's not like a Madden spin where it's like everybody's like, oh, shit, that was crazy. It's like an effective I'm strong guy spin. I could spin for another four or five yards when I really shouldn't get anywhere. Mm. He turns it up a different level when he could smell an opportunity for points, which is a good and bad thing, right? So that'll get me to my big, I listed one big con in his game. But it, he has 27 touchdown catches over the last two seasons, which is unbelievable. It's a lot. When, when they're in the red or even a, they like dialed up a play where he's going to get a shot down the field, he looks like a top five receiver in this class. The counter to that is something that bothered me. You watch the Houston opener opener in 2022. The focus was just not where it needed to be. He was drifting into some routes. He wasn't ready for the ball to come his way. He didn't care as I don't like to say not care. That's a wild accusation. He didn't look as dialed in in between the 20s. And Mm. that's going to matter a lot in the SEC. So for sure with, with Franklin, I don't think he has like elite straight line speed i think he has average straight line speed i think he's quick i think he's strong i think he's a very good wide receiver at the things that are done on the practice field tracking the ball routes um getting off press footwork he needs to be fully dialed in and be the best version of himself and if he is he'll he'll make himself into a receiver that goes in the first three rounds so he came in a wide receiver nine for me which is um Probably the highest you'll see him across a lot of rankings. So I, I I didn't watch him. I need to watch him. He's now on the list for guys that I need to watch uh, to make sure I get in the mock draft machine. But um, did you watch Malachi Corley from? Oh yeah, Western Kentucky. Oh yeah. Is is he? Are is he in your ten? He was wide receiver twelve for me. Okay, so he's twelve for me as well. I've never it's- watched more screens in my life. So not okay, joking. the reason why I bring him up is because the what you just said about Franklin and the player that he is in the red zone. Did you notice that Corley, who has an incredibly unique skill set, when the ball gets in his hand, he turns into this incredible athlete. It's and like Rondell he, Moore. And when he doesn't have the ball, dude, I wrote shades of Debo Samuel in here. Yeah. That's like, like I, I see it. Bro, I really what, do. What the, some of the plays that this guy has when the ball gets in his hand for after the catch stuff and insane. If you guys haven't watched or heard of Malachi Corley, he plays, he's played so many positions. Hold on. Let me. Uh, so he plays at Western Kentucky. He's five foot, 10 and a half, 212 pounds. Okay. He's so he's a got brick a, shit house. He, really? A, he, he really is. Brick shit house. Uh, background bio. He was a two star cornerback, cornerback recruit coming out of Campbellville, uh, Kentucky. He went to Western Kentucky as a cornerback recruit, but switched positions when he arrived. He played running back for the Hilltoppers, then switched positions again. And then he was at wide receiver. He said, in high school, I played cornerback. I played safety. I played basically every single position. I came in as a running back, that the, or I came in as a cornerback. They moved me over to running back. Uh, like, there was scarcity on the roster. He's played so many different positions. And this guy, when he is running routes like out of his stance and out of the slot or to the outside, he's, he's kind of like a middle of the pack athlete. Like I, mm-hmm. I watched him before the ball got in his hands. and I was like, all right, the release is fine. The ability to turn the hips and break is fine. I mean, like the, when he gets into open space how he's able to accelerate, I think that it's fine when they threw him the ball and he got the ball in his hands, 
it's like he had a Super Mario mushroom where he just goes insane. Everybody blitz turbo. The NFL blitz turbo. It just button held down. Yes. That's what it's like. Catches the ball. It's so different. And so you talking about how different of a player Franklin was in red zone. When I watched Corley, I was like, if you are, if you were that athlete at all times, you'd be in the top 10 because I'd have a really hard time not thinking that some team's going to make a Debo Samuel like player out of you. Cause he's, there's a lot of tape that's very fun of his, but uh, here's the thing you need to know, Corley. He had 1,295 receiving yards last year. Almost a thousand of them were after the catch, dude. Like Un- it, he's re- just 76 percent of his yards came after the catch. Uh, honestly, he, he had I would... he had 40. Okay, hold on, hold on. This is another, this is another stat to to just talk about how crazy this is. He had an average depth of target of 6.8 yards okay he had 31 explosive plays still that's 15 an explosive play in our metrics is 15 yards or more in the passing game he had an average of the target of 6.8 yards and yet 31 receptions went for more than 15 yards it's just wild the kind of player that he is he might be the shorter quarter l patterson like it Uh, like yeah. I, that's that's how I would use Corley in the NFL. Uh, sure, it's I, it's just I don't think it's going to work full time at wide receiver, but he could do it in spurts in the slot. Yeah. But if I have him in the backfield running in the flat, he's terrifying to deal with. Um, I just realized that I forgot to do this because we both talked about Johnny Wilson and then we went on to your nine. I didn't actually say who my ten was. So sorry Shows to everybody to out a great there. Start. Sorry to everybody out there and sorry to Ryan who's producing this, who's probably screaming at wait, did Trevor forget the yeah. 10? Um, number 10 for me is Texas AM wide receiver Moose Muhammad. So Moose okay, Muhammad. A guy, did, a guy I did not watch. Okay, so Moose Muhammad He's is in third. my list. He is the son of Carolina Panthers legend Moose Muhammad, who was drafted in the second round of the nineteen ninety. Based off that, I should have watched draft. him already. I know. I don't know what are you doing out here. All right, Come so on. 18 out of 13, or sorry, 18 out of 13, eight out of 13 contested catches over the last two years shows what kind of a great hands catcher he is, which is something that I note in his strengths. He also had 20 explosive plays and a deep target percentage of over 20% in each of the last two seasons. So they were prioritizing this guy when they were really trying to take shots deep down the field. Six foot one, 205 pounds is what he's measured in at six foot one. It's right around the 50th percentile, but it's technically 48th. So it's below that 50th mark. And then uh, 205 is uh, 59th. So he's kind of right around the middle of the pack for what would be an NFL receiver in, in height and weight. I really just love how natural this dude is. And there are some wide receivers that I have outside of my top 10 who maybe are more athletically talented than Moose Muhammad is, but... He just makes the position so – he makes it look so natural. And you figure that would be the case, right? I mean, he's got an NFL legend father as a wide yeah. receiver and uh, <clears throat> won't be the last time we talk about that on this podcast. But – Yeah, it's a pretty you, good thing to have. You just see you, you just see it in kind of how he plays the game, how he gets off the line of scrimmage. It's so smooth, how he's running his routes, how he's setting guys up, how he's using his, his shoulders and his head to try to fake defenders out and yet just turn to the hips the other way. It's all one very fluid motion. And then the hands, I feel like the hands are so reliable for him when he's going up to get the ball, whether it's a contested catch situation or not. So I've, I wrote here, he's got zero fat on his release. I mean, he eats up space and gets into defenders. 
and into his break with super controlled acceleration, which is tough to do, right? When you are changing direction, a lot of wide receivers naturally have to slow down in order to flip those hips and change direction. With Moose Muhammad, you can tell he's 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 so comfortable in his own athletic ability, and he understands route running so well. He knows how to round it perfectly to where he continues his speed. He maintains his speed and sometimes even gets faster as he's turning to get away from those defenders. It naturally creates separation, which creates the bigger throwing windows. And I think that that, uh, that also goes to play into his game. So um, he can get bullied a little bit with contact. And, 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 and I don't think that he's going to be this burner deep down the field. So those kind of top tier athleticism points of strength and long speed He's not checking those top tier boxes to be a wide receiver one at the NFL level, but he just makes it look so easy. Uh, and I feel like he could just play a variety of spots right now. A little summary that I have for him. Muhammad's understanding of how to win at the position is evident already at this point in his college career. You can tell how many hours that he's put into his craft with how smooth he is as a route runner, how quickly he gets out of his release, how consistent his catching technique and catch success are. He feels like a really good slot receiver for how comfortable he is as a route runner and can really set guys up when you give him those two-way goes. He understands how to use leverage as well. Lack of long speed might limit how much of a true vertical separating player he could be on the outside, but I still think it's plenty to be a productive slot receiver at the next level. So I like Moose Muhammad as a really, really solid and productive wide receiver three. So I had him at number 10. So who'd you have at nine? So number nine, uh, I'm sticking in the SEC. I'm going Antoine Juice Wells from South Carolina. Did you watch him? Back to back. So you watched 21? Yeah. And I watched 19 wide receivers, and I didn't watch your 10 or 9. And you Man, didn't watch my 9. And what I didn't watch your 9. That? That's I it makes for a better about. And No, it makes for a better show. Because while it's fun that we get to agree and disagree on players and rank mm-hmm. them differently, it's also we're bringing more players to the show by having – both of us do this. Right. So Wells, uh, he's he's at South Carolina, six foot one. So once again, 40, 48th percentile, same as Moose Muhammad. 210 pounds, so a little bit bigger. That's 69th percentile. Nice. So the background for Juice Wells, zero star recruit coming out of Highland Springs, Virginia. Now, in an article that I wrote, because when I see zero star receiver and I watch how good he was at South Carolina last year, I go, okay. What happened? Were you right. playing a different sport? And Wells said himself, he's like, I did not care about my grades in high school. He's like, my grades made me ineligible to basically play at any school that would have been worth it that had a football team. And he said, admittedly, I I didn't care. And, you know, he he was able to kind of spin it and he had a great attitude about it. He's like, look, do I regret it? Sure. But it it took me on a path in life where I'm proud of kind of where I am now and everything, you know, obviously he said, I wouldn't change it. Cause now I'm in South Carolina. I love it. So, I mean, he's obviously spun it into something great. Um, originally he committed to fork union military Academy, yeah. which is in Virginia. Somebody was went to- there recently, a, pro- a bigger prospect. Somebody been, went to- you know, you've been in the game too long when like somebody says fork union, you're like, yeah, fork union. Sick. You're gonna be you're gonna be driving on the interstate through the state of Virginia, and you're gonna be like, "Oh, fuck you!" Yeah, you just get like see the sign for it. You're like, "We gotta stop," you know. So this is where this prospect went to school for one year. It's gonna, it's gonna um, really bother me. He transferred over to James Madison the following season. All right, so now he's got his chance to really make his mark in football. 
not only did he do that, he did that at a record-setting pace. He set JMU's single-season record for catches, receiving yards, and touchdown receptions. Transferred over to South Carolina in 2022, and he was an All-American candidate last year. Okay, He had 555 yards after the catch on 941 receiving yards. That was almost 60% of his yards coming after the catch. Here's another stat that I loved about Wells. 95.8 of his catchable balls were caught. This dude attacks the ball in the air, and I love that about him. Absolutely love it. Um, he approaches, I, I wrote this in his in his little strengths category. He approaches defenders like a one-on-one basketball player. He uses his shoulders, his hands, and his head as if he's dribbling a basketball in between his legs to fake out defenders and create open space near or beyond them. Um, got really reliable hands, as I mentioned. I also think it's pretty impressive how he was able to throttle down and sink the hips for quick turns and quick breaks on the ball. Now, he's still really learning the subtleties of playing the receiver position, and you could tell that. He's a nice athlete. He's really aggressive when the ball is in the air, and those parts of his game are, I think, what are most important for you to lean on and project moving forward. But if you're watching his tape last year, you're not going to see a super nuanced player, right? I mean, and you got to think about it. He's only been playing in the SEC one year, that was competition level that was brand new to him as he was coming up from um, from the military academy through JMU and now being in the SEC. So he is still getting that part of it down. Long speed. I don't know if this guy's going to be a burner on the outside, but the way that I labeled him is I feel like he is a he is just a a really alluring possession type of wide receiver. And and when I say possession type of wide receiver, I feel like people immediately say like, oh, he's slow. He's not slow. He's like NFL level athlete, but most of his bread and butter is going to come when he's going up in the air, attacking the ball over defenders, catching through contact and uh, being a reliable guy with the subtle separation that he's able to create. So, I like Juice Wells a lot. I said with just one year of SEC competition under his belt, he's still learning the subtle ways to win at the position and create the separation, but he is a determined possession receiver with good yards after catch ability, as we saw in his PFF data. So Juice Wells, number nine in this class for me. Man, Fork Fork Union just keeps doing it. If you go to their Wikipedia, Uh it's wild how many guys have played there. Who do we got? Well, Michael Thomas and Cardell Jones played there together for a year. What? Yeah. And then went to Ohio State. I had no idea. Yeah. Damn. It's it's wild. That's um, awesome. Plaxico Burris that you brought up earlier in the show. I mean, the list is so long. Plaxico Burris went there? Yeah, Fork Union Military Dude, Academy. What a, what a callback. It's if you go to the wiki, the list is like there might be a hundred guys on this list. Virginia's got Virginia is a I I feel like it's insulting to say Virginia's a sneaky football pipeline because it feels like they've been doing it for forever. But like, right. I don't feel I feel like people when they talk about football pipelines, they go California, Texas, Florida. And understandably so. Those are powerhouse states when it comes to producing great Florida talent at a high or a football talent at a high school. But like Virginia, dude, it's nuts. Virginia has some talent now. Yeah, when I when I did some recruiting stuff for BR back in the day, oh, I didn't. I, I yeah, it was wildlife <laughs> different, different like a lifetime ago. Um, I did a Virginia trip once, and some of the schools were just wildly loaded, wildly yeah. loaded. All right, so number eight. Yep, back on back, track we're, here. We're, think, we're back on track I, here. I'd be surprised if we get a guy going forward that neither of us watched at this uh-huh. point, but we'll see. 
Uh, I hope I don't butcher this name. I really try not to butcher names. But is it Aronde Gadsden or Arond Gadsden? Uh, Syracuse wide receiver. I thought it was Aronde Gadsden. That's what I'm. We're gonna go with because that okay. seems to make a lot of sense. I don't Either have way. him in my top ten. Okay, so. so he is the player that is a tight end that is not a tight end. Correct. He's a wide receiver. We did the tight end show, and understandably, people were like, "Oh, you guys didn't like Gadsden, or you got to watch Gadsden." No, I very much saw Gadsden. When you watch, he's a power slot. Like he literally yes. does not play tight end. I cannot yeah. emphasize this enough. And there's nothing wrong with that. So. He's an interesting player because he goes back to a little bit of the Johnny Wilson conversation without the mass. Uh, why he came in as a wide receiver eight for me as I pull him up here. Well, number one, the size is what's going to stand out, right? Mm -hmm. Th this is a this is a big dude. And why this is great podcasting right now. I can't even. Here we go. Okay, six five two sixteen. He is a junior at Syracuse. He's coming off a first-team All-ACC year where he finished with 61 catches, 969 yards, and six touchdowns. Like I said, the power slot of Syracuse's offense. I wrote in pros, mismatch, small forward type of build. He is mm -hmm. long, slender, but not really skinny, just slender. He's just got He's just got long arms, long legs. Nat I thought he was a natural pass catcher. I was pretty yeah. impressed with some of the, the catches he's able to make, and it's all hands. There's no, like... Let me tuck the ball into my chest. Let me right. stab the ball. He can really pluck the ball. And when you're 6'5 and you've got long arms and you naturally pluck the ball, you don't drop anything, that's a really good place to be. A tremendous catch radius, but he maximizes it with acrobatic adjustments. I, I mean, really, this is an offense that there's a couple times it forces him to find a way to adjust the ball, whether it's behind him, over him, outreach. It's really impressive what he could do with his body when the ball is in the air. This was the last line that's the most important to me. It, the seam is his kingdom. His straight line speed and size, when they have him run the seam, nobody defended it. Nobody defended it. He ran over the underneath defender. He's mm. too big for the defender over the top to match up with him. He catches everything, and he's got good buildup speed. He really does. So if you go to an offense where they're like, you're going to run the seam, it's almost how I envision Dalton Kincaid being used with the Bills. And I don't think Gadsden is the upper echelon prospect Kincaid was. He's a good one. I don't think he's a Kincaid prospect. It's that kind of usage where I'm like, this is a mismatch player. The cons, not a ton of agility and short area quickness, which at his size is kind of the, the game you're going to play. You're not, you're not signing up for this little shifty slot receiver this is a bigger target and the short area quickness is not really there these are the two things that bothered me so much to the point where I, I almost didn't have him at eight he would have been more right behind johnny wilson because johnny wilson didn't have this problem but i, I didn't want to like really nitpick this over summer if it's this way again this year it will hurt him in my rankings two things can become more physical threat after the catch i don't think he's physical enough with the ball in his hands mm -hmm. the second thing the dog meter has to go up as a run blocker. He doesn't, and I'm not saying like the dog meter, dog meter down. <laughs> you don't need to be this great run blocker to be a top three round pick in the NFL as a pass catcher. It makes me nervous when you want nothing to do with contact. There's a couple of times where he, he's asked to slice or just block in the slot. And there's kind of that shoulder dip or like the hands away. And I'm like, man, you are six, five. You are 216. That's why he's you not are. a tight end. He's he's he is not a tight end. Dude, he's not even 
a top five most physical receiver without they, the ball they, in his hands in this class. Syracuse, Syracuse moved him to tight end, and I respect this. They moved him to tight end so he could break a lot of records. And so that that he that his name could be at the top nationally of every single tight end category so that Syracuse first team all gets, ACC gets the national bump. Yes. Yes. Yes, it is it is position manipulation. Um and it, it's not hurting him as a prospect, but he's not a tight end. No. And now I'll say this. If he finds a new gear this year and becomes a he puts on more muscle and he becomes a physical player, He's going to be a problem. He's going to go in the top 50 picks of this draft. He's going to be one of these mismatch weapons that a team loves to play in their slot as their power slot. But if that physicality doesn't improve, it's these are the guys that that'll that'll in this business. They'll make you miss. They'll make you miss because the NFL is man. You stand anywhere near a sideline of athletes like this. And it is like standing on the side of the highway. It is. It's terrifying. And I, a lot of it's sink or swim when he gets the league. And I think that'll be the biggest adjustment for him. So I fell in love with the traits. I mm-hmm. really did. I think this dude is a fun pass catching weapon, like a real mismatch player. He's just going to have to find a different level in the dirty parts of the field to really hold down a top 10 pass catching spot in this class. He was the toughest player uh, for me to rank. A bit of an enigma. Like super. Yes. And, and I, I liked him for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. The if you are doing, if you're approaching scouting for Gaston, like what can he do for you? You know, you talk oh, about that all the time. A lot of people talk about that in scouting. Tell me what he can do, and I'll find a, a way to quantify how what how much that strength is worth it, how good they are, and then where they fit on my football team. If you are looking at it through that lens, you're gonna love this guy. I can understand why you would have him in the top ten. When I watched him, sure, that like basketball, small forward, box you out, throw it to where the defender can't get it, but I can, like all of that is just super alluring, especially how he great how great he is as a hands catcher. That's all you're checking those boxes and you're emphatically checking them. He is not very flexible. I mean, when it comes to him running routes that aren't just straight vertical routes or like a post route or something like that. If you ask him to turn when he's at full speed, it's going to take a while. It's, it's just, it's not this smooth process for him. He's just not a super flexible dude. The he's a high-waisted player. He's tall. He's got long limbs. Like it's just difficult for him to diversify his route tree in that regard. Now that's if you're running a straight vertical offense, sometimes that's not, it, that doesn't really matter to you. If you're just sending him long all the time, especially from the slot. So for some teams that'll matter for other teams, it won't. I also was worried about the strength profile blocking. And then I wonder like, okay, well, does that bleed over into contested catch situations at the NFL level? Because we know that you're not going to create separation with your agility. You're going to be a contested catch player at the next level. So I, I, I would have had to check that box with a lot more faith that I know that you are going to be a strong contested catch receiver for me to put him in the top 10. So I like him. I understand what he brings to the table. Um, interested to see the strength profile that we'll get from the 2023 tape here from him coming up, but I didn't have him in my top 10 for those reasons. I get it. It's the summer hardest part about summer scouting, which is the job of scouting itself is projecting. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we are watching, not all the time, but a lot of times we are watching 20 year olds that are not even tapped into the physical nature that they can find physically. And 
sometimes though that's a big bet it's a big bet to make and that's probably why i have gas right in the middle mm-hmm. he has the pass catching traits of a top five target of a draft class he also has the holes in his game of a guy that doesn't get taken in the first three rounds he he seems like one of those players where it's like this team had a second rounder on him this team had a sixth round grade on him and i'd be right. and for once i'd be like all right okay I believe you. Like, Who, I, who's your out. coach? Who's your play caller? Who's your exactly. quarterback? What personnel do you run? Yeah. Right. 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 All Number right. eight for me, Rome Odunze from Washington. Did he make your top 10? He did. Okay. Uh, right. We could do him together because he was number five for me. Okay. All right. So, uh, Rome Odunze from Washington. He's a senior this year. Measures in at six foot two and a half. So, that's 76th percentile. 217 pounds, which is the 84th percentile. So well above the 50th percentile in both of those categories. A little bit of a background. Four-star wide receiver prospect hailing from Las Vegas, Nevada. He was the Gatorade Player of the Year in uh, in the state of Nevada for the year 2019, uh, which was his senior year, I believe. As a true freshman at Washington, he played in the four games. He played in just four games, only had six receptions. Sophomore, uh, started seven in the nine. And then um, in 2022, he really took off as a starter. So his name's Rome, and I found this quote on him, which I wanted to read. Quote, my pops just really likes the Roman Empire with some of the key cool things within it, how far it expanded, some of those things that they did, some first of the cultural influences that they had in the world. And that's, I guess, where his first name comes from. So. Cool last name, too. Odunze. Like, Rome Odunze. Yeah, that is. I mean, it's... it's, it's I, I want him to catch 12 touchdowns just so we could hear the exclamation of those calls. It's an elite wide receiver name, for sure. Um, <laughs> they Some PFF data stats that I want to read off, which go into my strengths and weaknesses, um, also, why I am a little bit lower on him. I'm curious to hear kind of your thoughts on on these things with you being a little bit higher on him. Low yard yards after the catch player. He had over 1,100 receiving yards in 2022. Just 343 of those came after the catch. He also has pretty low contested catch percentages over the last two years. That was my biggest. He's not a data darling, in my opinion. No, but I, you know. I understand Trevor Lawrence when he says the game isn't played on paper, and I I do agree with yeah, him there. Nerds. But but would you say nerds? But uh, those stats are sometimes there for a reason. They can sometimes sure. be the hints of some traits that you have as you're doing scouting. He also had a very low contested percentage, contested catch percentage, like I was saying, just sixteen point seven percent of his contested catches were hauled in in 2021 and 25 percent in 2022. If you're trying to gauge those you really would like to be around 50%, right? Like it kind of well, depends it's part what, of your game, yeah. what type of receiver you are. If you are a big time possession kind of wide receiver, you definitely want to be over 50%, but something in the forties, fifties is typically what you look for. And then if you get into the sixties or if you get into the seventies, like those are really notable numbers that you're pretty reliable as a contested catch guy, which we will get to with a guy who's a little bit higher on my list. Um, so look, when you look at Odunze, He's he he's well built. Um, Jalen McMillan did, a, who is his teammate, is the other wide receiver at Washington. Um, Chad, uh, <laughs> I almost called him Chad Maxwith because that was his Twitter handle for so long. Max Chadwick did a great article when he sat down with uh, with McMillan and just did a little interview for with him going into the college football season, which you guys can check out over at pff.com. And um, 
McMillan talked about Odunze and he's like, dude can dude's just one of the most athletic guys that I've ever seen. Like he can wake up, get out of bed and do a backflip as I think what he said. And you definitely see some plus athleticism at his size, which is really alluring. I say he's got nice wiggle for a big man. He could shimmy and shake his way into some separation, knows how to dip that shoulder and avoid contact when he's running through zone coverage. Uh, looks like a pretty fluid mover for a guy, his size as well. Um, love how quickly the feet move. Cause when you're of his size, especially of his weight, that is not always a guarantee. Sometimes the feet can be very heavy off the line of scrimmage, especially when you look at the weaknesses, he doesn't have that rare gear of twitch and long speed. Okay, so he's a good like he's a, he's a he's a really good athlete, but he's not like this crazy. If he had that rare gear, we'd be talking about Odunze as like wide receiver two, wide receiver one in his class, just because of the size sure. profile that he brings to it. But he's not that kind of athlete. He's still a great athlete, though. I don't want to. I don't want that to sound like any slight. The contested catch numbers are low, but I feel like they can be higher given his abilities i think that a realistic bump is there for him but that's really what was holding me back because when i look at him and i go okay he's not this like once in a lifetime type of athlete player a lot of your stuff is probably going to be contested at the nfl level that contested catch percentage got to be higher yeah so i get it i like odunze a lot i think he's a well-rounded athlete brings a ton to the table I just got to see a little bit more of a strength profile in his game. Cause when you have that bigger size, I think that that's going to need to be a little bit more of your bread and butter, which I think he can be, like I said, I think he's got the ability to do it, but we got to see it in 2023. So that's why I had him eight. Yeah. He's, he's got the size speed combo in terms of speed of like a guy that big, the real ability to build up speed item at five. And I think it was weird, right? I went into it. I thought I'd like him even more than that. I, I kind of did too. I thought I'd have him higher than five, but still five in this class means something. I, I, what I'm saying is I had a lot more cons for a guy at five than you'd expect. And a lot of it is echoing what you said. I'll be a little quicker on him. Um, standout sprinter in, in high school in Nevada. I wrote desired size and speed combo as a true X wide receiver strides and speed on double moves is dangerous. Sometimes for context too, his contested catch numbers are bad. But also there's times where he gets so open that he he's not having to put himself in contested catch situations. Mm -hmm. So which he should get credit for. He deserves credit for that. Right. Um, and it's fun to watch an offense with Michael Penix playing quarterback and a Dunze playing wide receiver. Yeah. Flash's explosive uh playability with a big catch radius. And then the last thing I wrote is skill set creates a very high ceiling. But he does have a low floor right now for a lot of reasons. His releases can be upright and stiff. Um, his routes are undersold at times. Mm -hmm. It is absolute mayhem outside. I, you would, I'm not even going to get into it. Yeah, that's all you could say. Release, <laughs> but really, like when uh, underselling routes is something that when you're that you're as gifted as him, just dial in on that because yeah. your routes will mean so much more. I wrote down the contested catch numbers you did four of sixteen last year. Not what you want to see. Not what you he, want to see. He, he's not physically dominant at the catch point. And it's two things for me. He mistimes his leaps and arm extension. It's weird. It's like you're such a good athlete, but there's times where you you jump at the wrong time or you put up your arms at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote more sprinter after the catch than creator. Like he's going to catch the ball and he's going to run like the wind, but he's not going to create yards. 
he he's almost just he's almost just such of an enigma of an athlete you don't want to bet against him i won't (laughs) but there's there's not a there's there's just not a lot of polish it feels like to his game right now which makes him a tough eval that's why i had him in i had as player comps uh a soft player comp because obviously they're all soft player comps here in the summer i i had Cortland sutton and his his numbers like athletically and i think measurable wise would be very close to what sutton's was coming out of smu i think sutton was more polished but i feel like that's kind of the version of the player that odunze can be at the nfl level Sutton was a maniac in contested catch, though. That's the thing. I I think that I think that Sutton is a athletic comp. Like I think that's a build potential comp. But he is he's not there with the the consistency that Sutton had coming out of SMU yet. I did have someone out there tell me, like he's been killing everybody in every practice they had, and like that it means something because this is a team with. You know, McMillan is another highly thought of wide receiver. They have Penix, yep. a court. They have so many draft prospects this year, and they're a good program. And the thing I constantly hear is like a Dunze is just out here, just like destroying everyone. Yeah. So if he unlocks a new level this year, that's why that's they're trades to bet on once yep. again. Trades totally. to bet on. Totally. All right. So that takes item at five. You had him at eight. So now yeah. we're back on track at seven. Uh, who did you have at eight? Gazden. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, No, okay, we're on We're on seven. But before we get to seven, I got to talk to the fantasy football people out there specifically because I know there's a lot of fantasy people watching this show because it's a wide receiver episode. We've all been in those situations where we've drafted the incredible team. We've had a really difficult decision of who to play each week, and then the guy that we put on the bench absolutely goes the hell off. Well, now with best ball on DraftKings, now you get the best of your entire team all season long. This year, best ball on DraftKings bigger than better than ever with $10 million in guaranteed cash prizes that are up for grabs. Join DraftKings biggest best ball contest today and get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars. As soon as the draft is finished, enter DraftKings best ball millionaire contest and snake draft your team for the entire season. Each week, you will automatically rack up points from all your top scores, no ads, drops, or trades. Teams with the most points at the end of the season will have a shot at taking home 1 million bucks for the top prize. Head on over to DraftKings and the DraftKings app to sign up with the promo code PFF and join DraftKings $10 million best ball tournament to get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars. That's promo code PFF only on DraftKings. If you got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, one per customer, opt-in required with a $10 entry fee. Bonus is issued in 10 DK dollars. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com slash promotions for details. All right, we got to unfortunately speed it up a little bit here, but who do you got at seven? Okay, so seven for me was Lad McConkey. Let's go, baby! I Dude. also had him seven, bro. He's awesome. Okay, <laughs> he, <laughs> never. That's so awesome. By the way, so awesome that we see his greatness. We watched. What did we watch? Forty wide receivers combined each. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Of course, we got doubles, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. twenty-one on my end, nineteen 40, on your 40 end. Evalu- this show did forty evaluations, and in a, we in both a had Lad McConkey at seven. I'll I'll say it. Outside of the top five wide receivers, he has the highest floor. It's, yes. it's insane how polished this player. Not, I don't even think it's he's most well rounded. Is how I want. Well, to put that's this. the word you use. Or don't you don't you don't got to back down from polished right? if you don't want he to. Is. Right, I just feel like people are like, "Oh, shocking!" The little white wide receiver, like, is a polished, crafty. Well, he like, is. He is. He he is a stereotype in every way, every great way. Every great way. 
Uh, but I'll say this. Unlike a lot of players like him, he is very explosive in terms yes. of acceleration. Correct. His acceleration challenges vertically because he is explosive. 42 of his 58 catches went for a first down. Uh, he played 427 snaps out wide and only 172 in the slot. Yep. Because he's really fucking fast. Yep. That's you have to be to be that yep. size and play on the outside and be on a championship team. Timing and footwork and routes is crisp and polished. He often makes the first guy miss. Like there are so many of his catches where the first guy always misses. Uh, I didn't really have a lot of bad things to say about him. I wrote some things where I I include them in the value evaluation as a question. I wrote Todd Munkin did a really good job scheming him open for a couple catch and run opportunities. That's just Munkin's great at that. He's not as comfortable hauling in vertical throws as the short and intermediate ones. Mm-hmm. There's a little more hesitation when the ball starts to go down the field for him, where short and intermediate, it's like plucking the ball out of the air left and right. And I'm making someone miss it, down the field was a little bit more of a work in progress, but McConkey is, I mean, he's a number three wide receiver in the NFL. Maybe right now, honestly, like tomorrow, he tomorrow, he's athletic. He's a great route runner. He's got good hands. Um, He makes people miss. I, I was wildly impressed with him. And I I know Georgia's got some other big time, like wide receivers. They expect to go off this year, but this is the dude right here. He is the dude. So I did, you know, normally I kind of like wait to do film grades, but again, with me doing the, PFF big board and the mock draft machine rankings. Yeah, like you I to get your to act co- together. No coking out on weekends, <laughs> Sundays. Well, we still, I mean, that doesn't stop, but Coca-Cola for life. Yeah, of course. Um, so with him or with everybody, I did summer scouting film grades. Like I specifically went through all the film as if I was like putting a final draft grade on them. And I kind of came up with, with summer scouting film grades for all these guys. He had the second highest film grade behind only Marvin Harrison jr. Because it's just how do you I, for what you are asking him to be, right? What right. he does, he is so good at it already. Now I'm saying, oh, like second highest film grade. I'm not saying that you draft Lab McConkey in the top five. And there's obviously other wide receivers I have in this list because they have their they have higher ceilings due to the athletic build and the ath- overall athleticism that they have and all that kinds of stuff. But like what you are asking this guy to do, what you're going to ask him do to do at the next level, we just said it. This guy could play in the NFL tomorrow. And I truly believe that. Is, does that mean that he's going to be a wide receiver one in the NFL? No, but you guys know what I'm saying. I mean, he is just, he's pretty incredible. When he played high school, this just goes to the type of natural athlete that he is. He was on varsity as a freshman. I read that in uh, in an article that I read about his background. Um, he played quarterback, running back, defensive back, punter, and was also a return specialist on the team. He also played varsity point guard for the basketball team, I believe, for all four years. This isn't some scrappy walk on. No, I'm like, like he's, just, <laughs> he's a this dude's a really, really good athlete. As you would expect, he's got elite body control and change of direction with and, and how he takes contact. Like it just it makes for an absolute brilliant route runner. He is very quick in his releases off the line of scrimmage. He's a reliable hands catcher. He's got great hand-eye coordination, good yard after the catch player as well. And hey, he's a for him being only what was he listed at? Five foot eleven. 185 says 21st percentile 14th percentile all right yeah he's small breaking news he is a very willing and fundamentally sound blocker despite his size did you notice that because like that goes into his competitive toughness man you can't get on the field at georgia and not block outside wide receiver they make you block and so for as small as he is he really shows up in the blocking game as well i mentioned 
look, he doesn't have that high gear of top speed, but that acceleration is so quick. He can make it seem like it with how he throttles up and down and how he's able to control his speed, right? He can almost be at that second to last gear, but he can sell it as if it's his last one. And then boom, he'll just accelerate a little bit faster. And there comes that separation because he timed it really well. So he, he over, he not overcompensates. He does compensate for a lack of natural top speed with how he runs with how he uh, is able to pace himself which you absolutely love now okay he he can get off press and play on the outside but that's also like how you neutralize him right i watched a lot of his press uh snaps and it, specifically against ohio state like they, anytime he was in press on the outside against ohio state he wasn't creating a, a ton of separation naturally because it was tougher for him to get off of those just because it, it's just he doesn't have the body type for it, but I my final note that I have on him, it feels cliche to say this, but McConkie represents the skill set of a smaller slot receiver that can be an elite producer in the NFL level. What he lacks in overall size, he makes up for with elite quickness, body control, and footwork to produce an elite and brilliant route runner. He could be a 1,000-yard receiver at the next level like Hunter Renfro was a couple of years ago. That's what I have for him. So, yeah, he he's probably a, he's a better and, athlete. And I think, look, some people are going to some some people are obviously going to get on this and be like dude he's he's small he's a small dude like what are you talking about did you hear the quote a couple of weeks ago maybe it was monthish ago where Ryan Clark on the pivot podcast asked Derwin James like who is the toughest receivers were in the NFL or i believe the question was staged what do you do when you're going up against one of those top receivers? And then they started listing them. They started saying like DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Justin Jefferson. And then I'm pretty sure Derwin James goes Hunter Renfro. And they're like, I believe it. What did you just say? And Derwin James is like, Hunter Renfro, go turn on the tape. And he's like, he's one of the hardest dudes to guard in the entire NFL. He's like, go turn on the tape. And I was like, look, man, I love Derwin that. James out there saying that I could put Lab McConkey in the top seven. All right. We got a six. Man, this, the pod carries the, the flag of Vlad McConkey. I never thought we'd be here. Six, I have Troy Franklin from Morgan. Did did he not make your top ten? Judging by your face, he did not. No. Sad. Sad. So he was so he was eleven for me. He's oh, okay. 11 for he's me. he's hovering. Yeah. Troy Franklin, I guess, really surprised me because he just grew on me the more I watched him. Like the first mm. game I watched him, I was like, he's not making my top ten. No way. And then. <laughs> I watched like three more games and I was like, damn, this dude does some really good things. Last he year he had 61 catches, 891 yards, nine touchdowns, primarily playing on the outside. Uh, plus length, very quick first step to release off the line of scrimmage and explode into his route. He is 6'3", 179. So he is kind of that string bean. He is. Yep. Build again. Um, but he's got very quick feet. He understands the leverage game against man coverage, especially in the red zone. He just understands how to win inside or outside, depending what the corner is giving or not giving him, which I think is a very underrated aspect of playing the position. I thought he pretty much caught everything that was in his radius. Anything that was from Bo Nix that was in this dude's radius, he snagged it. And he plays fast in the short area, and he has really good striding long speed. So... I think he's a good athlete. I think he's quick and fast with length. I typically, if you have length, you're quick, you have deep speed, and you have good hands, I'm going to think very highly of you. 
mm-hmm. despite limitations. And the limitations were very lanky builds. He needs to bulk up to deal with press at the next level. People are going to get hands on him and try to disrupt that release, but it also goes back to he's been able to overcome that because he has such a quick first step. He's still learning, though. This is something that could be taught, which gives me a lot of promise for his projection, but it's a problem right now. He's still learning how to find the soft area of his own. He runs into coverage a lot. There's so many times where I look at the offense, especially playing in the pack, and I'm like, man, if you just know to sit right there, like Bo Nix is going to find you, but you kind of drift into defenders. Mm-hmm. So that was the IQ side that I'm like, okay, th- this could be coached up and seasoned for a young player. But I, I think Troy Franklin, he's got a lot of the identity um, and skill set of of somebody that at least you see number two wide receiver promise because he could stretch the field, but he could also play underneath as well. But he's still trying to figure out how to consistently play underneath against zone. So I had him 11 and he was, he was flirting with that top 10. Like I, I put him in the same tier as juice Wells, as Musha Muhammad, as, as so like he's, he was right there. I just happened to have him at 11, but I really do believe that. And I don't say this is a cop out because I have him one spot outside of the top 10. This is the dude who I believe the most who could be a top 10 receiver in this class because he took such a big leap from 2021 to 2022. Yeah, he did. He was 0 for 7 on contested catches in 2021. Jumped all the way up to 7 for 11, which is 63.6%. I mentioned you get something in the sixes. That's pretty or that's pretty dang or the 60s. That's pretty dang good. Coaches also praised him for the work that he put in in the gym to change his body and get stronger before last season. So this is somebody who right now, really great vertical threat player. If you are sending him deep on a post or a go route, this dude has the long strides. He's got the long legs at six foot three, and he's got good athleticism to really be a great deep threat player. He's still learning those nuances of the position like you mentioned he's stronger but he's still learning exactly how to get off that contact once those defenders really get into him exactly how to break loose and create that throwing window to create that ability to go up and get the ball in the air 30 40 50 yards deep down the field so i am so encouraged by what i saw in the growth in him from 2021 to 2022 that i absolutely believe that he could be a top 10 wide receiver in this class i just had him on a little bit on the outside because where he did get stronger where he did get better more honed in more polished we still need that next step and if he takes those next step if he continues to get better this is a really talented football player who i think is going to produce really well but that's why i had him at 11 um Number yeah, six, a lot of upside with Troy Franklin, a lot num- of upside. Number six for me is Xavier Worthy. Do you have him higher? Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. But we could talk about him here. Sure. Do you have, I, him, I have him fourth? Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, dude, but I, I, I you're, like, you're that's... like, you're making me think you got him at like one or something. I do. Dude. <laughs> that's good. I mean, I thought that tier, like number four, four, Three and two, I, I was like, these guys are bonkers good. So I, I think Xavier Worthy is incredibly talented, but I think he's a tale of two players right now. Um, so he measures in six foot one, one hundred and sixty four pounds. Let, which, let's let's make sure we put this out here. Six foot one's a forty eighth percentile, which we have mentioned, so just below average. One hundred and sixty four pounds would be in the first percentile of wide receivers. Okay, 
Yeah, but he's gonna he'll be he'll be way more than that at the combine. I I'm just saying he's got to go to he's in he's playing for Texas. He's got to go to Terry Black's and eat some brisket. Like I'm waiting for it. Do it now. Don't yeah. wait for the combine. So he's a four-star wide receiver coming out of Fresno, California. Uh, I read that he ran the 100 meter dash as a just as a sophomore in high school, folks. Sophomore. All right. What were you doing when you were sophomore in high school? Not doing that. I wasn't running a 10-5-5 meter dash. No okay? shot. So. What I like about him, the long strides, the long speed. I mean, this dude is a sprinter when he when when he opens it up. He is very difficult to stay even with and stay in front of. As a deep threat, this guy can really can really fly. He's got the long strides, to, but it's not just. It's not like he makes it look bad either. It, it's not like he's an awkward track guy who happens to be wearing football pads and a football helmet. This dude is smooth and quick for as good as he is explosive with that long speed. Um, the lower weight profile, so the fact that he is in the 160s, it gives him really great body control to stick his foot in the ground to flip those hips very quickly for any kind of comebacks, any kind of curls, anything like that. So not only does he stretch the field like that, but he is a consistent vertical threat, yet he is somebody who could put his foot in the ground and really turn those hips very, very quickly. That is the making of a really dangerous and difficult to guard outside wide receiver. So I wanted to make sure that I said all of that there. He only had 80 yards after the catch in 2022. Did you see no that? No one's near him. He well, two things. There's just plays where no one's near him. Okay. He's flying. Okay. Then I, what the top line I wrote for the negatives was featherweight frame and tackles look vicious. Okay, so here, so like this arms is, and legs going. This everywhere. is my. This is this <laughs> is like, my. Oh, this like is my issue <laughs> with Xavier Worthy. He looks like he's getting WWE ragdoll. Yeah, actually, I weigh more than him, so no, I take that back. Against college football players, it don't get easier at the NFL level. No, dude. So no. like German I'm, suplex. So okay, he had seven drops in 2022. All right, so I think that yep. that was an issue Line number as two. Well. Um, the, the missed tackles forced went from 14 in 2021 to four in yeah. 2022 nah, massive not. drop. How did you, how did you become less of a playmaker? Sometimes forced missed tackles are about opportunity and how much space you have in front of you. It's not always guaranteed as a wide receiver, like it is for a running back. I understand that, but 10 less that's, I don't know how we're getting to that point. I'll read my my little summary of him because it kind of goes into some of the weaknesses that I have in his game. The story for Xavier Worthy thus far, to me, seems like a, a tale of two different players. He just did not look as confident or motivated in 2022 the way he did as a freshman in 2021. He has like every Texas freshman receiving record in the book. Most receiving yards in a single season by a freshman. Most receiving yards in a single game by a freshman. Most receiving touchdowns in a full season from a freshman. Uh, most receiving yard touchdowns in a game. Most receptions in a game by a freshman. Like, these are all records that he has in 2021. And he just did not look like the same type of player. And I, I and I do not know why. Really head-scratching drops in 2022. Have no idea why that was the case. He's got to cut that down. He's got to be more reliable. And I know that he can be, but I'm wondering how it even happened in 2022. And I felt as though that the deep ball tracking for him 
was not as good or as natural as it needs to be for a player who I'm going to rely on for his speed to be a vertical threat for me. You got to be able to track the ball a little bit better deep down the field. That all combined with the fact that I just straight up think he's got to gain weight. You got to be in the 170s at the very least when you get to the NFL level. You have to. Or a lot of this stuff is not going to work. Your speed's just going to get engulfed. So I like Xavier Worthy, but that was my thoughts on That's why I had him at six and not higher. I had him at fourth. Yep. I wrote down and yeah, the, the negatives are definitely like when he gets tackled, it's just like, God, is, is something going to break here at some moment? Um, the focus drops on. I wrote he had too many focus drops on layups. That's what bothered me. It's not like they man, weren't contested catch. No, not even, not even traffic. No, it's just like just it was in your lap football. and you just dropped the ball. It's like, yeah. what's going on? But his skill set is tantalizing. I mean, burner wheels for burner sure. Burner wheels he can flat out fly uh he sells the double move with head and shoulder fakes and some corners like uh, there was a slant go where the corner fell and i was just like yeah i would too i mean you have to bite down hard on the slant because he's so fast and then when he gets down the field he's gone really impressive compete level in the red zone with leaping ability like I, i thought he's another guy that dialed it up in the red Legit returner ability. Mm. I, I the last thing I wrote that just matters so much at this position. He plays fast in everything he does. He and does play not, fast. Yes. Not Big agree. 12 fast. It's NFL fast. It would look fast on an NFL field. Mm. So I'm a believer, but you you highlighted it, Trevor, of what holds him back from maybe being the number two wide receiver in this draft. Honestly. Honestly. Because he has he has the talent to be the number two wide receiver in this draft, and he's not right now. Okay, you you have three guys left. To yeah, talk five about. for me was Roma Dunze, and then Worthy was four. I have four names in my top four. So there is somebody in my top that's four how, that, that's you, how that works. That you don't have in your top ten. Ooh. Spicy. Number four uh, from I'm not surprised. I have two guys outside of my top ten that I knew people were gonna have a, a freak out about, and I don't I'm like, whatever. My number four is AD Mitchell. Okay. I didn't have him in my top ten but no but i get it i couldn't bring myself to do that it's you have to sell me on a lot of promise what what and i believe he can get there what do i need to sell you dude he has not been that productive yeah but he's had his flashes are as good as anybody that's what i'm saying but you do that to me with Eric Gilbert. I just want to. I just want to make sure. Okay. I, don't. Not don't. Saying, don't you do not, dude. How long have you been holding that? For one, two, he had nine catches <laughs> last year, and twenty nine the year before that. He's a freak, though. I want to hear how he's number four for you. I'm looking something up. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. I can't believe four. This might this might come back to bite me, or it might not. Yeah, I like AD Mitchell a lot. Um, okay, so uh, the yeah, I was looking up uh, catching numbers from last year, and I was like, Lab McConkey and Brock Bowers are dominating that entire passing offense, and they were. But I mean, it's it's, it's and you point. disrespect Lad McConkey, but not even putting him as the. I know Mitchell transferred, but still. AD Mitchell has a higher ceiling than. Sure. Does. Yeah, he there's no denying that okay that's why i have it for he's not a better prospect right now 
Well, I'm not drafting him right. Anyways, all right. Yeah. So you could, this is the time to do this. I six, just did it with I just did it with Troy Franklin. I, feel I like. did it with Rick Gilbert. Uh, yeah, six. <laughs> and I'll do it again. <laughs> oh man, and I'll do it again. Damn it. So Ad Mitchell, uh, he was at the University of Georgia. Now he's at Texas. He transferred over. Six foot crowded four, room, is, by the way. Dude, dude stupid, like, embarrassing. My Rick. sleeper was Isaiah Nair. Yeah, right. That, like, I love that dude. Right. And I'm yeah. like, who's who's getting the targets in this offense after Worthy? Yeah. Um, you mean after A.D. Mitchell. Uh, so six foot four, 91st percentile. I can't believe this. 195. So he is, that's the 34th percentile. Um, so for those keeping score at home, he's uh, bigger and taller than uh, than Xavier Worthy is. More so, now, though. <laughs> no one's keeping score. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, he was a three-star wide receiver prospect coming out of Tennessee. Um, he's actually born in Texas, though. He was actually uh, born in Missouri City, Texas. Played first two seasons at Georgia. Um, played 21 games with 15 starts total during his UGA career. In 2022, he missed nine games due to a high ankle sprain. There you go, Connor. That's why he didn't have a lot of catches. Not built for this. Jesus. But played in six games with three starts during uh, when he was actually healthy out there. Now, look. I will admit, he has had receiver grades in the 60s both the last two years. 65.5 receiving grade his first year, 66 receiving grade his second season. I will, uh, on a positive note, had six drops in 2021, zero in 2022. Now, of course, he missed nine games, so that goes into it, but I'm going to still take it as a dub. Well, he had, he had nine catches. Contested catch percentage was 50% during his freshman season, 44.5%. That second season, um, this is what was really intriguing to me was the usage and how it changed from when he was a freshman to even the limited amount that he played last year. 19.2% of his targets were deep targets. So 20 or more yards down the field in 2021, then 41.2. So even in the little amount that he played, he became a much bigger deep threat to them than he was in the previous year. Strengths of A.D. Mitchell. Love the shoulder dip to avoid the contact, man. Whether it's right at the line of scrimmage, three yards off the line of scrimmage, five yards off the line of scrimmage, wherever the cornerback is, when he has eaten up that space and really getting into him, when he is going vertical and he's got to get around these dudes, he is very subtle with shimmying his hips real quick, dipping around where the contact is going to be, not just running into these players. He really knows how to avoid contact, and I think that's great, and it makes for a really good route runner when it comes to cutting through zone coverage. And he's got really precise route running ability, uh, especially when it comes to his turns for a player who is six foot four, lightning quick feet on his release. Doesn't know quite how to use that footwork yet and that ability to move that feet as quickly as he does, but man, I feel like he's got the framework to be an elite separator off the line of scrimmage with his releases weaknesses he could definitely look out of control at times sometimes it looks like he's just going too fast for his body and he's he's running and he's going to figure it out later so i think he's a little bit out of control needs to get more controlled for sure he's got to put on more weight as well to get stronger through contact but uh i do think that his baseline for strength at the catch point um, is pretty good especially when he's kind of fighting through routes and fighting through those contacts over the middle my summary for him A.D. Mitchell has a very alluring skill set. Lightning quick footwork is something that I always gravitate towards when it comes to winning very quickly every single play, which I believe he has the ability to do. His body control and his breaking points lay the groundwork for a fantastic runner at the pro level. Needs to get stronger for better balance, better fight through contact when he is getting deep down the field. But this is the type of athlete that you covet at the position. So I like him. And I get it. I like him a lot. When I watched him, the touchdown against Ohio State was just bananas. Like, you look at the release and the 
double head fake and i was Tick. just at that size it's Tick. i just i need to see him put it together this year at texas for a an extended stretch and his touchdown his, versus oregon was sick dude he's i mean th- three of his three of his nine catches were touchdowns last year so follow the money connor he, it's, called the, it's called it's called the money zone for a reason i uh, i get it i really do i looked at that depth chart after watching it's stupid worthy it's stupid. watching him and watching isaiah nair who's coming back from the torn acl last year after transferring from wyoming and we had their tight end obviously as the tight end two on our tight end show what was I'm like, uh what uh, was Eddie mitchell's threat it's just i can't remember jatavion sanders was who i was thinking of there is weapons galore for Quinn Ewers. Weapons galore. So, four is rich for my blood, but he absolutely could get there. I think we have the same top three. Yeah, we should. I think we have the same top three. Or who's th- who's three for you, though? Malik Neighbors. All right, Neighbors is two for me. Okay, so you have uh, Emeka Egbuka at three? At, at three, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk about them together. Yep. I mean... Kind of a coin flip here at three and two. I I went with Ibuka over him for a mm-hmm. couple of reasons. I'll get to Malik Neighbors is wildly talented. So, I, when I, yes. I, I wrote down right away DJ Moore. Oh, when, I like that a lot. I, like it it came so natural. Oh man. I'm I like, like that a lot. I'm like, this is DJ Moore, and he what deserves is- all of that praise. I mean, keep, keep going. I'm, yeah. I'm looking up DJ Moore's mock draftable. Um, okay, so neighbors coming off a year, 72 catches, 1,017 yards, only three touchdowns, but really good production in between the 20s. In high school, he ran a 4-4-4-40 and had a 38-inch vertical. He'll run in the four threes and he'll top 40 inches in the vert. He played 241 snaps in the slot, 379 outside, possesses plus acceleration and can win over the top. He was 13 for 21 on contested catches. He forced 21 missed tackles. He runs through defenders with very impressive pound for pound strength. Yeah. Like it's, he plays a lot bigger than his listed size and weight. He'll grind out yards off slants, screens, and pitch passes, has plus body control for adjustments and sideline toe taps. Uh, honestly, the two things I wrote down with him are things I want to see, not things that are wrong with him. I wrote majority of his targeted routes are uh, hitch, slant, or go in an LSU offense that did create a lot of space for him to operate. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't really developed his red zone game yet. Now, in terms of being able to excel at all three levels of the field at the position with athleticism and being a creator with the ball in his hands, this guy's got it all. He's got it all. Um, I think he's going to have a massive year. I think he's going to be a first round wide receiver. Yep. And I think if you're an offense that likes to, well, I hate just doing the constant like Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, but like the Shanahan tree of how do I put my players in space and timing and let them catch and run? This guy's going to be a thousand yard receiver at the NFL level and that kind of offense, the Rams, um, the Niners, there's so many offenses that are emulating that, but you know, Cincinnati, uh, but this this dude's really freaking good, man. 
He is. And uh, amongst some of the other athletic things that you talked about after the catch, when it comes to reeling in the football, I mean, he does it incredibly well. When we talk about uh, PFF data point that we have catchable passes that were caught, you want to be in the high 80s or low 90s. He's at 93%, which is really dang good. I mean, when you get to 90, I think it's like 93.8% of his catchable passes were caught. When you get to that point, you are a super reliable pass catcher. And then when you go over to contested catch percentages, 61.9% of his contested catches were hauled in. So this dude just gets it. And my first strength that I have of him is comfortable using his hands. Um, Really nice athlete. They're reliable and strong. He's a willing blocker, although his size does sometimes hurt him there. Turns into a great playmaker once that ball is in his hands, smooth and precise when sinking his hips to change direction. Um, it's, it's there. There's not there's not a lot to to hate about Malik Neighbors, and, and that's why I, I've got him at number two. I said Neighbors just has the feel of a natural born receiver. His hands are fantastic, as is evidenced by his high catch percentages. Also becomes a great playmaker when that ball is in his hands for after the catch opportunities. Not as nuanced of a route runner as he can be yet but the ability is certainly there. I also wanted to note that he had 15 third down receptions in 2022. He had also 26 targets on third down, which was the most by far on the team. When they needed a big catch, they went to Malik neighbors and he often delivered for them. So that's, I got him at two. And then you got uh, Egbuka at number, at number two, I got him at three. Okay. So we'll get into Egbuka. Obviously you start this one off. I did neighbors first. Sure. Yeah. Five-star wide receiver uh, from the great state of Washington. Uh, It was the Washington Gatorade player of the year in his junior season. Tough to do. Uh, So that's, that's uh, very very hard to do. That is very, very difficult um, to do. When you look at uh, Egbuka 85.5 receiving grade in 2022, uh, he did have five drops in 2022, but there's a lot of volume that's going in there. He also had a pretty decent contested catch percentage. It was 52.9%. When you go to his strengths, oh, I should uh, mention height, weight. Uh, he was he measured in, at least Ohio State says, at six foot one, 48th percentile, 205 pounds, 59th percentile, elite short area quickness and change of direction. I think he's going to be an elite slot receiver at the NFL level. I really do. Now, he only played 17% of his receiving snaps in the slot last season, but to me, the skill set of how great this guy is getting out of his release and that short area athleticism just speaks as a slot receiver to me. I, when I watched him, I felt like he was a little bit bigger, a little bit faster version of Amon Ross St. Brown. Like that's the type of player that I saw and that's the type yep. of productivity that I saw from him if you allow him to base what he does out of the slot. Really good flexibility to sink those hips, throttle down his speed, change of direction and breaking the routes. It just makes him a separation master. He becomes so fantastic at it. I don't think he's a crazy elite twitched up athlete when it comes to explosiveness, but I think the rest of it's really there for him, man. I think he's a quick hitting wide receiver, very good overall athlete still, who I think brings good long speed to the uh, to the conversation as well, which I think that even if you have him as a slot receiver, he is consistently, to me, somebody who can threaten you vertically, which only makes you more of a threat, only makes you uh, more of a target on the defensive side of things. So that's the way that I saw him. Uh, I had him at number three. I had neighbors at two, but honestly, it was a coin flip. I went back and forth this week as I was watching a lot of these guys. Same. He landed at number two for me. I wrote down Keenan Allen with a question mark in terms of very similar uh, technicians is what I would call it. A fun fact about him. Mm -hmm. I don't think you said this. He 
Uh, he played baseball growing up. He was a oh, national man. champion when he was in 2011, MLB's pitch hit and run. Whoa, Compton. I didn't know that. Yeah, for seven and eight year olds. So when he was really young, he was like a obviously crazy baseball player, eventually gravitated fully towards football. Um, physical in his routes. He, he, I thought he could really run when he gets working in the intermediate and deep ranges of the field. You kind of see him open up a little bit more. Nightmare to deal with in the slot. Great feet. Just great feet. Yeah. It's Ohio yeah. State, man. I would love to watch those wide receivers go to work with Hartline and, and just see the boys, just see it live because these guys are unlike any other. Uh, full extension with his catch radius to pluck the ball out of the air. He had a couple drops that were him running before catching. It's just mental. I mean, just. It wants he wants the big play. Sometimes you got to slow these guys down. He just tried to run a couple of times before before catching the ball, and it was a drop. Mm-hmm. OSU got the ball in his hands on screens and pitch passes to utilize the kind of athlete he is. The intermediate technician aspect of his game is just so advanced. That's where I wrote down Keenan Allen. It's just every stem route stem is perfect. Every single understanding of spacing in front of him is perfect. Um, 9 of 17 on contested catch opportunities. This is just somebody that I'll just be floored if he doesn't play in the NFL barring hell injury for eight to 10 years. Yeah, it's just, he's, it's just, yeah. He just does everything the right way. He does everything the right way. And he's just built to play the position mentally, physically, athletically. Um, and it's, it's fun when you watch an, uh, from a guy in a program like that, that is also in a program that amplifies that. And that was a like to me. He, both these guys are, I mean, you mentioned it. It would be so hard to see their skill set. I mean, Ibuka's floor to me is so high. I think he just to be an elite wide receiver at the slot level, but it, wherever you want to play him, I think that his skill set is going to be able to shine. You're going to be able to get something out of him for sure. All right, we got one guy left. It's the, it's the headliner. It's going to be a unanimous one for us for wide receiver one. We'll gush over him in a second, but if you, ha- if you haven't heard yet, it's smooth sack summer. When you're playing in the summer sun, you got to make sure that you're skating no from shoes to bum. That's right, that this summer, it's time to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with our friends over at Manscaped. The leader in below-the-waist grooming, uh, they're making sure that you have a ball this summer, full pun intended, by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Uh, dive head first into smooth sack summer by going over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping if you use the promo code PFF. Their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Lawnmower 4.0 also has 7,000 RPM motor. Power your boat, folks. I mean, I wouldn't try it, but it, I mean, I, I also wouldn't doubt it. A new multifunction on-off switch that can engage into, engage into a travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn the LED spotlight on when you need more a more precise shave. Uh, we've got 20% off and free shipping. If you use the promo code PFF at manscaped.com, they're even going to throw in two free gifts to their performance 4.0 pack 4.0 package. Uh, the manscaped.com boxers and shed travel bag. Wow. I think that's new. Yeah. I definitely don't have one of those. The, Oh no. Yes, I do. The travel bag? Yeah. I I uh I actually legitimately use the travel bag. There we go. It folks. came to Europe. That is, that the is travel a, bag has been to more countries than some people. That is a personal endorsement. Key. Yeah, those I don't give those out for free usually, but they That's did hook me up with a travel bag. So shout out to Oh, the trimmer is also waterproof. Smooth sack summer. Yeah, smooth you're on you're in smooth sack summer for sure. All right, 20% off and free shipping with the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. Smooth sack summer is back, boys. It's time to get on board. 
or get left behind. What a transition into Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> uh, wide receiver one in this class. I mentioned. Oh, this. he's number one for you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he didn't make your top ten. That's crazy. No, wow. No. Um, wow. Why he's the see- best. He's the best player in the draft. Uh, wide receiver one for us. I mentioned that uh, somebody having a former NFL father in Musha Muhammad wouldn't be the last time they mentioned it. So, of course, Marvin Harrison Jr., the son of Marvin Harrison Sr., the legendary Indianapolis Colts wide receiver, six foot four, 205 pounds. That is the 91st and the 59th percentile. Uh, what's What's left to say, I feel like, about this guy? As a sophomore in 2022, so last year, Harrison was voted a unanimous All-American, and he was the receiver of the year after recording 1,200 yards and 14 touchdowns. 60% contested catch percentage, an elite 90.7 PFF receiving grade last year. 36 explosive plays of 15 yards or more through the air. That was the number one mark in the FBS. Connor? Um, let me know what you thought about this dude. And then I'll kind of piggyback off of that. It's almost start with Marvin Harrison. You have to start where it ended last year. Watch Ohio state when he gets hurt in their final game of the season. Great way to say it. And that tells me everything about Marvin Harrison jr. He is the most important player to his team in college football. And for a wide receiver to be that, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And when you look at this guy, you know, I went into this with such a fascinating perspective because it's just natural. When I, I obviously watch college football and I've seen a lot of Marvin Harrison Jr. How could you not? And there's so much hype around him because of his his dad was an, is an all-time great. He plays now at Ohio State, a great program, great right. wide receivers. They've been good while he's been there. Everybody in the fantasy community is drooling over him. You go in with so much hype and so much of this job, I feel like, is me trying to just like shelter from hype and just evaluate what I see. And I almost went in, not jaded at all, because that's ridiculous. But like with an outlook, I was like, is Marvin Harrison going to be able to justify this level of hype? Because this is unfair to anyone as a prospect. And he still exceeded it. He still exceeded it because I knew he'd catch a bunch of touchdowns. I knew he would be big, strong, fast. But the things he also does, while being the most physically gifted player on the field and being the most productive player on the field and being the most important player on the field, he still runs phenomenal routes. Like, the work ethic is just clearly out of this world. It doesn't matter that his dad was an all-time great or that, like, this dude clearly has incredible work ethic. You cannot jam him at the line of scrimmage. Mm -hmm. He has long arms. He clearly puts in the work in the weight room because mm-hmm. unlike his dad, who is kind of this like anomaly when you look at Marvin Harrison, like if you just showed somebody a picture of Marvin Harrison when he was what, 21, you'd be like, you'd be like, yeah, this dude ended up being one of the greatest wide receivers of his generation. And they're like, really? Like that skinny guy? And it's like, yeah. Unlike his dad, who's just incredible. This dude is a, a monster. So muscular, big fast gifted this is the things though that like when i found this on tape i was like he's he's got it all he gets held so much so much and instead of complaining to the ref or stopping the play he just fights like hell he fights like hell through it and still makes a play because he's that good that somebody can literally 
should be penalized. And it doesn't, that can't even stop him. That can't even stop him. That's how good he is. Uh, excellent improviser when the play breaks down. He's an acrobat. He's got late hands, which I'm sure his dad taught him. What I, what I mean by late hands is like he doesn't put his hands up till he absolutely has to, so a corner can't get a read on the ball without looking at the quarterback. The last thing, Trevor, that just blew my mind, that when they were up in a game, what, 45-7? to seven, I don't know why he's on the field. And a long run breaks down 40 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. He, he ran 45 yards down the field and made a kill shot block to seal the touchdown run. They're up 45 to seven in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And he runs 45 yards down the field for his teammate to score a touchdown. I just, he's, he's, dare I say, like almost a perfect player. He's almost a perfect player. I think he's the best player in the draft. There's so many things that Marvin Harrison Jr. does so very well. You highlighted a lot of them and a lot of like the typical boxes that you go to check for a wide receiver. You check those very quickly with him, but then, You mentioned just how nuanced this guy is. The late hands. I love that you mentioned how he's able to get off press the line scrimmage. That was the very first thing that I I wrote down is he has his hands up and ready at the snap. Because if you try to extend your hand on him, boom, he's knocking it away. And all of a sudden that's free separation from him. He, and not to say that like he won't get pressed in the NFL and that he'll be able to break it every time, but like he already understands so much of that. He understands like how to sell the routes, how to get separation with, you know, turning a little bit this way to get the corner to just barely open up their hips to the right. And then you're attacking where their blind side is going to be. Like he understands all of those things. So not only does he check all the boxes from a height perspective, from a weight perspective, from a work ethic perspective, from a uh, athletic perspective, whatever, like it's even those small technique things that he is getting down at what feels like an NFL starting caliber level now. I mean, we just watched true sophomore tape, the true sophomore tape yeah. that we're watching. And it feels like we're watching some NFL tape from him. So look, I, I don't want to say that he's going to be like immediately come into the NFL and, and beat Calvin Johnson or Randy Moss. I'm not trying to say that, but this is somebody who you should absolutely be excited about. This is somebody who you're going to see him in the top five, top 10 of a lot of mock drafts. And it's, and the hype is absolutely warranted. What he does from again just a true sophomore that tape is uh pretty incredible look i i, I, don't I ask even... you something crazy not to cut you off but i don't want to forget this i can't sure. forget this yeah, yeah yeah when you do the deep dive marvin harrison eval the way we did yeah I, i'm not gonna say it changed things because that's just a wild overreaction but did it at least raise your concern level half a notch that like stre- like he does things for stroud that I was just like, man, like Stroud's going to miss having a guy like that. I know oh, it's maybe so stupid to say. There were a handful of things that I watched with Ibuka and Marvin Harrison Jr. when I went, okay, they bailed out Stroud there. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm, saying Str- I'm taking anything back on Stroud as a prospect. I'm right, just saying I, like, I also noted that when I watched Stroud and I know that sure. you did too, but it's like, it, it you, you do, you kind of watch things from a different perspective. Though, this okay. way. Yeah. I, I was like, man, like it's, he ch- he changes how y- your confidence as a quarterback is what I'm trying to say. You recognize how good this guy is individually when you truly put him under the microscope, right? You're able to eliminate, I don't want to say eliminate, but you're able to separate him a little bit from the quarterback that's throwing in the ball to the offense that's around him, all that kinds of stuff. And you go, okay, how do you win individually? 
And Marvin Harrison Jr. just wins in so many ways. I don't even think he's the great, I don't even think he's like this great straight line athlete. I don't think he's this crazy vertical burner, but it doesn't really matter. He's so confident in his other abilities that he creates separation in a lot of different ways. And he's consistently a vertical threat in that regard. I don't think there's any route that he can't run. I don't think there's any offense that he wouldn't be a wide receiver one in. He's extremely reliable in his, in his catches. Um, oh, just to the overall like long speed point. He's not a big yak guy. His he had 12, he had over 1200 total receiving yards last year. Just 312 and 23 of them came after the catch. So I did not notice that being a big part of his game. Certainly when opportunities were there, he was able to take them a little bit, but that's less than, you know, that's less than 25% of your yards coming after the catch. We've talked about guys who sometimes their yards are anywhere from 40 to 60% after the catch. So Marvin Harrison's is, is lower. So I don't think he's like this yak King. Just go throw him the ball and he's going to come down with it for you. So that's why he's number one for me as well. And one last thing that was funny to me, we we had him charged with three drops on 118 targets, which is mm-hmm. just like, it's nothing. It's unreal. Yeah. Only two, only two were his fault. One of the drops is not. I didn't has, watch the drops. I was like, I was like. Because I wasn't even worried about it. <laughs> I was like, like damn, I was, he's, I was like, he's somehow it. even better than his already great number. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, his dad was six feet tall, 185 pounds. He's 6'4", 205. So, yeah, he'll play at 215 in, in his sleep. I mean, like, just gifted. Dudes. And built to be phenomenal hard. at the position, and I feel like he already is. So Yeah, the old, like, wide receiver in a lab, this is this is it. This is the yeah. picture next to that. Well, race. I don't want to totally say that, because every time I say that, I just picture Calvin Johnson. But right, I, I know. I can, I'm not, not going to call him Calvin Johnson. He's yeah, a really no, damn good no. receiver, and that's how we're going to that- end it. There- yeah, somebody did text me and they're like, "Do you did you like Chase better?" Because they knew how much I liked Chase. Chase is my favorite wide receiver I've ever evaluated before the draft. Ooh, and I, I said I I still have Chase maybe a hair ahead because Chase was f- like after the catch. Yes, right, Ch- like right. And, but Marvin's got a year left. I know. Like, I'm not. I don't have a grade on Marvin. You got like you- a grade grade filed right you've got to you got to wait to answer that question until the fact the conversation the question exists shows you how good he is it definitely it definitely absolutely does there we go folks that is the wide receiver episode we probably went over about 13 14 of these guys that we have uh that we that, that we ranked um some of them that made connor's list some of them that made mine that we got to chat about a little bit more but of course we would like to hear from you guys as well you know that there's a lot of other receivers that we watch in this this we watch class them that we did not get to talk about here. So hit us up in the comments. Honestly, we know that you guys are fans of these players, uh, whether you've watched them just from a college football perspective or a scouting perspective or a Debbie perspective, whatever it is, we've got a lot of thoughts on these guys. We just don't have the time to fill them all in this show here, but we will in the comments. I promise we'll be looking at the comments over the next couple of weeks and over the next month, honestly, I'll keep coming back to this episode in the comments section on the YouTube channel and respond to as many of y'all's questions as possible. But let us know what you thought of our top tens, uh, what you thought of our wide receiver evaluations. If you're uh, watching on YouTube, smash like and subscribe, please. Smash we it. love you for smash it. Like. And uh, get in on the conversation. We, this is our favorite episode to really go back and forth yeah. with a lot of fans on. So we'll be doing that a lot more um, even than, you, than we usually do. If you're audio only, and you want to get in on the conversation as well. Twitter, Instagram. Are you on threads? I'm on threads. All right. So I have up on I threads as well. I have not sent out 
a thread? Is that what you call it? I like don't know, when, dude. Th- you haven't posted either. No, I've been firing off memes. I'm I'm already you're firing already off memes. you're already firing off memes. Yeah, I'm already firing off memes, dude. You are inevitable. Come fire. Right. Right. I don't even fo- I don't even follow you because I really have. It's not Sick. a you thing. It's not a Sick. you thing. No, it's not a you thing. I don't I don't follow I don't I don't I don't follow you yet either. I'll remedy that right after this podcast is done. I'm, but I'm follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Threads at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J Rogers. We would love to hear from you guys. Uh, we are sorry that this episode was a little bit late, but hopefully the wait was worth it. Um, Connor, anything else before we get out of here? Oh, man. What are we doing next? O-line? Yeah, we're going offensive tackles and interior offensive line. Yeah, yeah, Big uglies. There's uh, Big this, this this class is pretty loaded in that group, too, at the top. I know Dude, that. I haven't done enough outs. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, thank you, everyone, for your patience. Uh, and hopefully this lived up to your hopes and dreams. I I could already feel the comments seething about Jacob Cowing and Jalen McMillan. but I will talk uh, about them. <laughs> Fire off some comments, see, people, like, and we'll seething. go back and forth. We will oh, go, man. Oh. We will, again, like I said, if, if you go to our YouTube channel, if you go to this show um, and if you you comment on the uh, on this video here, we'll tr- I, I, I want to I, wa- I want to talk about a lot more of these prospects with you guys. So um, start the conversation and we'll absolutely jump in on it. Uh, we got offensive tackles and interior offensive linemen coming up next. That'll round out offense before we head to the defensive side of things for summer scouting. I'm Trevor Sigma. That's Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We'll see you next time.